The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Well, overall, a successful day for the Royals as they kick off the second half of the season by splitting the doubleheader with the White Sox, which is the obvious minimum expectation and the most probable one. As Casey wins game one, four to two, drops the nightcap two to nothing, and we're going to talk all about that. We're going to preview the next couple of games here on Clubhouse Conversation. It's your dish with Dave O. We'll you know, dive head first and to both games, but we begin with our player of the games for this evening, and that would be Mike Moustakis in the first game of the doubleheader, and Edinson Volquez gets the nod in the second game of the doubleheader for the Royals. Moose in game one wins it simply just based on his eighth home run of the year and the at-bat that led up to it. It wasn't so much the home run. I mean, yeah, that was amazing. That was just the frosting on the cake, though. A 12-pitch at bat in the fifth inning against Jeff Samarja on a nice, hot 99-degree afternoon, the hottest day of the summer so far in Chicago. And Moose, at the end of a 12-pitch A-B, straightaway center takes him deep. Adam Eaton can only look up and, and mercifully watch the ball fly over the fence. That was huge. Gave the Royals a 2-1 lead, breaking the 1-1 tie at that point. So Moose, I give him the nod because that's one of the top five impressive at-bats of the year up there with the Alcides Escobar battle we saw the 11 pitch at bat with the bases clearing double last week's homestand so I mean that's right up there those are the two most recent that come to mind but definitely one of the top five ABs of the year there for Moose how about Alex Rios in the first game also a home run the very next inning in the sixth inning Rios takes Samarja deep which makes sense Rios's last home run came on opening day though it wasn't against Samarja but that was opening day and Samarja threw that game so kind of makes sense that Rios would do it again today right so nice to see that. Uh, Eric Hosmer, Lorenzo Kane both had doubles in the first game as well, including a two-hit game for Kane. And the pitching was just great in game one. Well, both both games it was, actually. But especially game one, uh, Chris Young, Ryan Matson, Calvin Herrera, Wade Davis, Greg Holland. And let's start with Chris Young, who probably started his last game in the near future, in my opinion, in the Royals' rotation. I think Chris Young, since the Royals seem insistent on throwing Jason Vargas back out there on Tuesday night, it it would seem to me that, I mean, yes, that just gets the rotation back on schedule again. Uh, But depending on what happens with your Donald Ventura, is Ventura injured? Anybody else find it kind of odd Ventura is not appearing in this series in any of the four games? He's your opening day starter, and he's not appearing in any of the first four games out of the All-Star break. Is is he injured still? Is, Is the nerve flared up? Is there something with him? That, to me, is the only way that, at the moment, Chris Young stays in the rotation because, obviously, you're set with Volquez. Uh, Duffy's been pitching a lot better. We'll preview him coming up and his start tomorrow here in a little bit, tell you about what, he, what he's done his last three times out there. And Guthrie's been, for the most part, consistent in, in what you expect from a number 5 guy. Maybe not quite the innings you hope for from Guthrie and you know, obviously the horrible game in New York, but for the most part, he's been what you expect out of him. And if you're throwing Vargas back in there, that leaves one spot. I mean, Chris Medlin's apparently going to the bullpen, which kind of mildly shocks me, especially after he threw 94 pitches in his last rehab start, you know, assignment slash start uh, with Northwest Arkansas just two nights ago. So that kind of surprised me. So that leaves one spot open for either Young or Ventura if Vargas is going in the rotation. And Young didn't look happy, did he, when he came out of that game at the end of five innings? I like that. He's, he's a true competitor out there. Nice guy outside the, the, the chalk, but when he gets in the chalk there, Chris Young's nasty. He wants to win. 
He's competitive. Five innings, two runs on three hits for the Princeton grad. Four Ks, four walks. He's now eight and five with a 3.03 ERA. Awesome for Chris Young, what the Royals have gotten out of him. And a guy who's pacing for 170 innings so far this year. You wonder, is he really going out of the rotation for a little bit of time? I think he is. And I think that's part of the reason we saw him uh, the most outwardly frustrated we've seen so far this year. And I'm not in the dugout every game. And the cameras aren't always pointed at Chris Young on road games. So nobody knows for sure if it's the first time he's kind of been upset about being pulled. But it seemed like he was not happy about pulling out after five innings. And maybe in the back of his mind, he was pitching for his rotation life and just boiled over a little bit with frustration. But I love seeing that from Chris Young. Another great game for him. And Ryan Matson, give him some big props there in the sixth inning, getting out of the second and third one-out mess in the sixth inning. That's obviously the inning of the game that kind of led to the Royals almost slam dunk with, you know, winning this game. If a, if a two-run win can be considered slam dunk, that pretty much made it feel like that, the way the White Sox have struggled to score runs so far this year. Then HDH comes in for three scoreless innings, two hits, a couple of Ks, and a walk. A couple other things I want to mention with game one before we get to game two and, and Volquez. Uh, Drew Butera, a knock starting behind the dish, throws out two would-be base dealers. And, yeah, there was a throwing error, but we'll overlook that, you know. Gunning out two guys. The Royals also saw Salvi throwing out the nightcap. So especially impressive considering how teams run at will on Chris Young that Drew Butera was able to gun down two base runners, one of them being the difficult-to-throw-out Adam Eaton. So nice job by Butera in the first game. And, and the Royals did a pretty good job with Samarja overall. Seven innings, got him for four runs on seven hits, three Ks and three walks. Pretty good. Speaking of walks, I'll see these Escobar two walks in the second game, a walk in the first game. That's a second straight doubleheader. He did it against Tampa, too. He had a walk in both of those games, and he has three walks today. So so five walks for Escobar in the last two doubleheaders. That's four games. Can we play doubleheaders more often? He's patient. I love it. I love it. Now, the second game, like I said, the player of the game is Volquez because I mean, there was a, cu- a couple other nice performances. You know, Escobar could have been the player of the game. He did walk a couple of times to get a knock. He'd be our offensive player of the game. But overall, I like the way the Volquez competed and battled, especially getting hit three separate times by line drives and nearly two others. The one that buzzed him on the bases up the middle was like, Avisel Garcia hit that one. And then you had the one that was off of his glove that was deflected and led to an out. <laughs> or no, sorry, it was not an out. It was an infield hit. Deflected off of his glove and was an infield hit. So, I mean, Volquez was hit three times squarely and nearly two other times. That's pretty amazing. You don't see that very often over a season where a guy gets hit, you know, three, four, five times, let alone in one game. So, uh, nice that Edinson was able to overcome that and battle through that and, and obviously escape without injury. Six and a third for Volquez, two runs, eight hits, three Ks, two walks. He's now the same as Chris Young, eight and five, if you look at records, which nobody really does anymore, but. There you go. 3-2-8. Obviously gives you a bit more in the innings department than Young. But going back to Young, how do you pull that? Knowing that he's arguably the best starters have been Chris Young you know, and Ensign Volquez, right? Maybe Volquez has been the best because he gives you more innings. Agreed? Right? But Young's ERA is actually lower than Volquez. They have the same record. It's like, yeah, Volquez gives you probably an inning more on average per start, but I don't know. That's going to be tough to pull Young out. But I, I think it might be the right move overall when you think about it and, and consider that Chris Young did wear down you know, throughout the stretch last year, which is why he didn't get a contract until March with the Royals and they got him on the cheap. So that maybe keeps him fresher later into the season. But 
it's still tough to see Chris Young if he does lose his rotation spot with how well he's throwing. I trust the Royals, though. And I tr- and by the way, Ned Yost gave him a tip of the cap in the first game for getting Chris Young out when he did. I was okay with that because if you go back to that inning, obviously the home run that tied it was given up. Another fly ball that was caught on the warning track. Another one well struck nearly to the warning track. So you could see the White Sox were just about starting to get to him. And we have seen that throughout this year where Chris Young does begin to get hit a little bit more in that fifth and sixth inning. So, uh, you know, a, a nice job by Ned Yost managing him in game one. Now, going back to the second game, besides Volquez, we also saw Franklin Morales be Franklin Morales. Another great job getting out of that jam in the seventh inning, two on with one out. And then Luke Hochaver, a one, two, three, eighth inning with a K including a couple of wicked breaking balls. Yes, Hoach looks like he's just about back. And I mentioned about a month ago, people were criticizing him. I have no idea why, because he was never in a situation to blow a game ever. Luke is not blowing a game this year, but people seem to want to be negative about him. I don't understand why. But uh, we talked about it at that time. I had Dusty Hughes on the show, and Dusty had told me, yeah, I came back from Tommy John, and you may be out there pitching. You're mentally and physically there, but you're not totally physically there. You're not totally back right away that first year back after Tommy John. And I think, you know, we're seeing Hutch get towards the middle portions of this year, and we're seeing him take off a bit. He's, he's starting to come back to what we saw a couple years ago. So that's good to see from Luke Hochaver. But overall, it was the John Dank show in Game 2. What do these three names have in common? Roger Clemens, Burt Blylevin, John Danks. Those are the three best starters against the Royals with 15 starts or more in club history. <laughs> Dank's a 2.67 ERA against the Royals throughout his career. And I'm one of those people who kind of only looks at this year and maybe last year. You, I mean, people make so many adjustments. Players uh, hit their peaks. Players get past their peaks. Pitchers get injured. You know, There's so many different things going on that, to me, it's almost you know past a year or two, the data can not be thrown out, but I don't consider it quite as strongly past a certain point. But... It doesn't seem to matter who the Royals throw out there. If he's facing a Kansas City uniform, Danks just seems to master the Royals. And it's probably a lot like facing Chris Young would be, or Bruce Chen was. A guy who you feel like you should be getting. A guy who's sitting really in the upper 80s, 90, 91 tops. He doesn't throw real hard. He has to hit the corners, has to hit his spots. If he leaves the ball in the middle of the plate, he gets hit. A guy you just feel like you're going to hit every time, but you'd never do. It has to be what that's like facing John Danks. You know, facing a guy like Chris Young or, or Bruce Chen. So he continues to dazzle the Royals. He's you know, uh, we, we said Kyle Gibson. We joke and call him Cy Gibson. Why not Cy Danks, man? Who's, by the way, married to country music singer Ashley Monroe, who I've met. Very nice girl. So good for Danks. A very nice guy as well. And Edson Volquez's best friend, according to Volquez, at least, on that end. So that's pretty cool. As they came up together with the Rangers back in the day. But anyway, back to Danks tonight. Six-plus innings. You know the story. No runs. Four hits. Four Ks. Four walks. Five and eight now with a four nine eight, but as I as I said, the two six seven against the Royals. The Royals didn't have a single extra base hit tonight. No Royal with more than one hit. Like I said, uh, at least Escobar walked twice, and give Alex Rios credit, he did as well. So Rios a home run in the first game, nice to see. Couple of walks in the second game. Unfortunately, he'll be remembered for not catching those two basket catches that he attempted to twice on defense. One was an error, one was a hit. Seems like more Royals fans will probably remember him for that and the base running we've seen in recent weeks and the arguing with umpires after seemingly every strike call. That does get a little bit old, doesn't it? Like every strike call he argues. Literally. No, it's not okay. It's not literally. But literally, okay. Literally one out of three strike calls he argues. He debates it. It reminds me of 
of, of bull or not boulder of uh, for love of the game remember kevin costner and he's facing the guy who's got the hollywood movie and he uh, strike one the guy starts barking at the umpire and he says no wonder nobody likes you everything's a gd debate with you it kind of reminds me of the referees with the way he, he argues with umpires but i'm not going to be too uh, i'm not going to be too negative with the rios the guy was a, a key cog and the royals went in that last game against toronto before the break not toronto yeah toronto that's what it was and then he has the home run in game one a couple of walks he had a double in that series against toronto in the Friday night game. Rios is showing some signs of improving. So let's not completely give up on this guy. He does have talent. He's a former gold glover. He's a guy who can hit for power, a guy who can hit for average. And the Rios are paying him a lot of money. You got no Alex Gordon. You're running Alex Rios out there for at least two more weeks, no matter what. Got to see what you have. Got to give him all the chances to break through. And he has shown some. If you take off the, you know, the goggles where you just don't like him, if you take those off, he has shown some signs of breaking through over the last, what, week or so get worth of games not counting the all-star break so the royals 53 and 35 still four games ahead of the twins so still in good shape there let's preview the last two here we got jeremy guthrie and carlos quintana going both one o'clock games central time guthrie seven and five with the five three six quintana four and nine with the three six nine quintana interesting guy for my money perhaps the most underrated pitcher in the american league the last two and a half seasons a guy who's going 200 innings per season with ERAs in the threes the last couple of years. This year, pacing well over 200 innings is Quintana. Nine straight quality starts. That's six innings and three runs or less. Six or more innings, three runs or less. Nine straight times out for Quintana. And pacing, like I said, well over 200 innings. ERA in the mid threes, but he's sitting four and nine. That's because the White Sox get him just 2.33 runs per start for the Royal, uh, you know, for Quintana and the Royals have dominated him for as much as, uh, you know, for as much as Danks dominates the Royals, it's role reversal when it comes to Quintana. However, he did earlier this year, shut the Royals down once April 24th, seven innings, two runs. However, the first start of the year, the Royals got him back on April 8th, five runs on nine hits in five innings. So one bad start, one good start for Quintana against KC this year. In his career, though, he struggled. A lot of guys have really hit him hard. Kane, 351 against Quintana. Moose, 313. Salvi, 361. Rios, 500. Uh, Orlando, two for two, batting 1,000. Escobar, even a solid, you know, decent 270. So the Royals, you know, other than Hosmer, Morales, and Infante, the entire lineup has really hit well in their careers, and the Royals have battered him, much like Danks has battered the Royals. We'll see if that trend continues. Now, Jeremy Guthrie also is good against Chicago in his career. 10-8, 3-3-4 against the Sox. Again, that only means so much. But 7-4 and four against the Sox when he faces them at the cell. Four runs and six innings for Jay Guts' last outing before the break against Tampa, his first start of the year against Chicago. I do like the Royals tomorrow. Got to score some runs, don't they? Really didn't score that many runs. I mean, none in the second game today, four in the first. I like them tomorrow. Got the full lineup out there, minus Gordon. I see the Royals scoring a four or five spot tomorrow and eking out a four to three, five to three, five to four win tomorrow. I do not, however, like the Royals' chances on Sunday. So let's hope the Royals get tomorrow. You don't want to go into Sunday hoping for a split against Chris Sale, who's one of the top five starters in the American League. For me, it's... You know, I'm not saying he's the top, and he's not, but he's top five. He he's in the same breath in, in the top five with Keuchel and Archer, Kluber, Hernandez, maybe a David Price from time to time. Those are the you know the five six guys I think of off the top of my head, 
as the top starters in the league. Sales eight and four with a two seven two. Duffy three and four with a four six five. Now Duffy coming off uh, very very impressive starts since coming back from the DL. That first start was four and two thirds against Seattle, but he threw well that game. And then his last start was six scoreless innings against Toronto on Friday night at the K, and that rain delayed game for two hours and ten minutes. Then uh, before that, six and a third and six. So since coming back from the DL, four and two thirds, six, six and a third, six and two thirds. Duffy has been given the Royals innings and quality innings. So he does give you a chance, obviously, every time out. And I've always felt like Duffy gives you a chance every time out. All year, even when he was struggling and perhaps injured, I kept believing it was going to happen. We're in the blue goggles with Duffy. The stuff is there. The, the, comp- the, the competing is there. The upside is there. Duffy at any time can dominate a game. So uh, n- by no means is Sunday a loss. I'm not saying that. But you don't want to have to go into Sunday against Chris Sale, no matter who you're throwing. Going up against Chris Sale, having to salvage a series is not the ideal situation so we'll see if the Royals can get the win tomorrow I like their chances but let's go over sale real quick here 119 and a third this year how about 157 strikeouts and just 23 walks repeating 119 and a third innings 157 Ks 23 walks I'm not great at math but that's about a seven to one strikeout to walk ratio my gosh sales last outing was at Wrigley Field before the break one run in seven innings saw the Royals once Back on April 23rd, no decisions, seven innings, two runs on nine hits. I'll take that. The Royals go get him out of the game after seven innings, get two runs on nine hits. I would almost take that against Chris Sale most games. That's how good he is. So, as we said, you know, coming in, the Royals had to get a split in this series. They had to get a split in the doubleheader for starters. They did that. Okay, so that's good. Find a way now to at least split the next two. Get get Saturday's game. Saturday's a big game. You're going to win that game out there. We'll have it for you again, the post game here on Clubhouse Conversation, as well as on Sunday. Have yourself a great remainder of your Friday night. Thanks for listening, and go Royals!